Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Joseph Schneier, CEO and founder of Trusty Care, a healthcare startup that's raised over $13 million in funding. Joseph, thanks for chatting with me today. Great to be here. Looking forward to discussing all things Medicare. Yeah, sounds great. So before we begin talking about what you're building at Trusty Care, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Yeah, so I have been running technology companies since about uh, 2003. So mostly in highly regulated industries, education technology, government, did a bunch of work in the healthcare provider space, and then founded Trusty Care four years ago, which is in the insurance, health insurance sector. Cool. And to talk about Trusty Care here, you have simple terms, what problem are you solving? Selling health insurance is a really highly competitive market in the space where people have to purchase their insurance on their own. So these are things like, you know, if your employer doesn't provide a great dental plan, and so you have to go out and find a dental plan for yourself, or if you're turning 65, um, you're purchasing a Medicare product. And it's really challenging for these health insurers to make sure that they get the right person into the right plan, where that consumer actually feels like they're being really well taken care of because the plan benefits match the consumer's health needs. So what we do is solve that sales and distribution problem. And we've got a platform that we sell to health insurers and to brokers that help them to better understand their customer and to ensure that they both get the right plan and then are able to stay in that right plan and know how to use the plan correctly. Got it. And who's a dream customer for you? What's that look like? Our dream customers are health insurers that are selling like Medicare or Obamacare types of products. So those are ones that a lot of people would know that are national, like an Aetna, Humana, Cigna, all of those, but Mm -hmm. also regional carriers. So there's about 900 health plans in the country that sell these types of products. And some of them are really small. And those are also great customers for us. Got it. That makes sense. And for those who don't know, could you explain just what Medicare is and you know, give us some like definitions there? Yeah, totally. So a lot of people get confused uh, between Medicare and Medicaid. Medicaid is low-income individuals, and Medicare is for two groups, really. People who are turning 65, so 65 plus, you end up getting Medicare. And then for people who are under 65, there's a category where people have certain high needs, health risks different chronic conditions that may also be eligible for Medicare. But in general, it's mostly for people over the age of 65. And a lot of people get confused about this because, you know, Medicare is a government program and they think like, I turned 65, I get this government program and it covers everything. So Medicare itself is run out of the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and it covers about 80% of your health costs and then also prescription drugs. But that 20% that it doesn't cover is uncapped. So what that means is if you you go into the hospital and the bill is $100,000, 20% of that would be a cost that would be passed down to you. So what happens is that there's a bunch of different health insurers that fill the gaps of that 20%. And people have to individually figure out which of those health products out there I'm going to purchase to make sure that I get complete coverage so that I'm not on the hook for that 20% cost. 
And those plans are run by private companies um, that are health insurance companies. And there's two core kinds. There's one that's called MedSup. All the MedSup does is fill that 20% gap or a Medicare Advantage plan. In Medicare Advantage plans, you get that instead of the government plan and it's paid for by the government. So you have $0 premium. So for Medicare Advantage, that's the fastest growing health insurance product in the country. And it's a kind of really interesting product because some of them cover having pet food for your pet or home massages and transportation to your doctor. And so it's driven a lot of people to really hunt out what is the plan that's going to have like the best benefits for me, which is transforming the health insurance market. So interesting time to be in this market and really, I think, exciting for consumers what's coming out to help them to navigate their health care. Very cool. And from a regulatory perspective, have there been a lot of hurdles and challenges that you faced as you've built this company out? Oh, I don't even know where to start. So I would say I often get asked, what is our moat in building this space? What helps us to differentiate ourselves from other companies? And I think one of the biggest differentiators is just, are you willing to move through the sort of bog of compliance that exists in this sector? from the levels of insurance that we need to have to understanding every single word on a page is regulated for this type of marketing products and is reviewed by CMS. And our security protocols are crazy because we've got financial data, healthcare data, we've got information on individuals. So we have to be really, really on top of compliance from lots of different vectors. So now the nice thing about that, though, is that there aren't a lot of companies that are itching to get into this space. So there's a lot of room for growth in this sector. That makes a lot of sense. And what about market categories? How are you thinking about market categories? Is this a new category that you're building, transforming an existing one? Any thoughts there? So I think that this category is a really interesting one because it is an existing category. Health insurers have had to sell products. They've had to know how to retain their customers. But the companies that were helping them to do that, most of them were really, really old school. So it sort of sits into this category of being both an existing category and a new category because the types of products that are needed to solve these problems don't exist yet. I mean, we're building them out a couple of other companies, but for the most part, it's a new sector from that perspective. But in many ways, this is an existing sector that just uses like the most old school methods of managing their business. When we're talking to a health carrier, lots of times they'll tell us things like, we do all of our processes using Excel, or we're managing everything using CSV files or SFTP servers. It's really like going back in time almost. So it's really interesting to see this digital transformation happening in an industry today when for most industries that's already happened a long time ago. And what are you saying to these customers to convince them to try technology? Because I have to guess that they're pretty resistant to new tech. Most of the customers that we talk to know that it is not possible for them to continue to operate the way that they have been. There's just too much money on the line and too much competition that has really shifted the market for um, most of these carriers to realize that they've got to improve in some of these areas. And I'll give you just a few key examples. So there are about 900 of these health plans, but the top six health plans own almost 70% of the market. So if you're one of those other ones, you're really now fighting to stay in business and to keep your, your space. And you know that you can't do that with the systems that you had before. So there's a way more openness to adopting technology to address competition. The other thing that's an interesting shift in this market is that up until this year, 
member satisfaction was weighted in how they get bonused out by the government at about 16% of all the different measures that they are measured by. And that's gone up to, I think, 56%. So close to 60% of their bonus now comes from consumers feeling like they're really well taken care of. And in general, this is not an industry with like a high NPS score. So like people aren't usually going home and raving about like, oh my, I love my health insurer. So they (laughs) know they've got like a real challenge ahead of them to change that relationship and to build loyalty with their members. So that's also driving the push for technology as well. It's just a combination of different things that are making this kind of the right time to be in this sector. That makes sense. And yeah, I don't think I've ever personally said or heard anyone say, oh, I just love my my health insurer. So it makes a lot yeah. of sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. And are you selling into IT then? Is this someone who's you know heading digital transformation? What's that typical title that you're focused on? Because we have three products, we sell into three different areas. For our quoting and enrollment system, we're typically selling into the sales and marketing division, um, usually starting the conversation with head of distribution or head of sales or head of growth. Someone, whoever's in charge of growing the plan is who we sell into for that product. For the back office products, it's usually CFO, sometimes chief revenue officer, and sometimes head of distribution, but mostly one of those two. And then for the retention product, it depends on the carrier because some of them are moving member engagement and retention into their sales team. Mm-hmm. And some of them have it as a separate team, but that would be head of member engagement there. So the thing that's nice about what we're doing is that this is not a company where you need to sell into the innovation arm. This is a type of product that our customers don't need to be educated on why they need it. They're aware of the problem and it's part of their day-to-day things that they need to solve which some of the other products I've sold in the past have required a real lift in getting people to understand why it was necessary, but this one isn't. Got it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And in terms of traction, are there any numbers that you're okay with sharing? Sure. So we're contracted with about 50,000 agents across the country, which is a pretty hefty percentage of the agents in the country. And we've got over 100 customers, so pretty decent traction on that side as well. Those customers reach... uh, probably around 5 million consumers. So as we build out our retention tool to be more robust, we're working with a really large audience underneath us. Interesting. And in terms of funding traction, I believe that the number is 14 million. Is that correct? It is actually 13.6, but almost. Okay, (laughs) close. (laughs) What do you think has the investors so excited about what you're doing? I think especially right now, when we first started, it was a little bit more difficult because a lot of investors would consider what we're doing to be kind of boring. And boring in the sense that we're not a household name that people are going to be like, oh, I love my the group that's helping me with my insurance. And maybe not as sexy as some of the other companies out there. But what the investors that have, been, have gravitated towards us really love is that the other side of that is we're a really solid company that has a real potential for growth and are in a massive overlooked market and have made inroads much faster than companies typically do. So I think when they're evaluating us, they're looking at us and saying like, okay, this is not a dream of like, maybe this thing could work, but this is clearly something that is necessary. Customers know it's necessary and the customers are buying into it. And then today, given the market changes, I think that becomes even more important to be a company that's focused on pathway to profitability, is is focused on growing based on our customers' needs and not just building and hoping that somebody will purchase in the end. 
And I'm, we've been really lucky to have some great investors around us, Cultivation Capital and Rebalance, Borough Capital. Uh, Gangels has been a big supporter since the very beginning and Dream It, uh, Startup Health, Plug and Play. And then a lot of family offices who uh, would not appreciate if I shared their names, but have been really, really supportive of us since day one. Amazing. And if we zoom out into the future, what's the company look like five years from now? You know, what's that vision for the company? Our vision for the company is that for every American that doesn't have an HR department that's supporting them in these types of healthcare decisions, that they have a system that they can turn to that will ensure that they don't make missteps with their healthcare that end up causing them to have huge out-of-pocket healthcare costs. Our mission has been that no American should go bankrupt because of -of out-of-pocket healthcare costs, and that remains sort of the driving force of the company. And we believe that the best way to serve the consumers is to make sure that the systems that are powering helping them from the insurer side have greater transparency and clarity for that member. And so ideally, we would be the powering system behind Medicare.gov and most of the large insurers helping consumers to understand what product they should purchase and making sure that they know how to navigate that product properly. Amazing. I think that makes sense then why the uh, the investors are so excited. I think that's all we're going to have time to cover for today. But before we wrap, if people want to follow along with your journey, where's the best place for them to go? A lot of people find me on LinkedIn. So Joseph Schneier on LinkedIn. And then always check out our website. It's uh, trustee.care. So not.com, .care. And yeah, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or any interest in hearing more about what we're working on. Amazing. Well, thanks for joining and look forward to watching you execute on this vision. Thanks so much, Ed.